Hello, rhetorical listeners, and welcome into a, another episode of the Big Rhetorical Podcast. I'm your host, Charles Woods, and it's a great day to live in Kentucky this morning. I think you all know why. Today on the podcast, we have two guests promoting the conference How to Do Things with Worlds. We have Brianna Best and Phil Chung. I met Phil, let's see, I met Phil at Computers and Writing 2019, yeah, 2019, uh, he came to a panel that I uh, was a part of with Dr. Devin Ralston and went from Winthrop University and Courtney Cox, a peer of mine here at ISU on podcasting and true crime and ethics, yeah, he's a cool guy and it was great to talk to him and Brianna about their conference. Now, this episode specifically is to promote promote their conference. So I want to talk to you very quickly about event and publications promotions on the Big Rhetorical Podcast. This podcast is a digital space for conference organizers, institutional host delegates, conference board members, and the other and other event planners to promote their conference event organization. We can talk about the CFP, the host city, conference goer expectations, a range of other topics, all related to your event. The Big Rhetorical Podcast is also devoted to acknowledging the labor of scholars working in the field and in the discipline. So, if you have a recent publication, you want to promote your book, your monograph, a special issue, journal article, some editor work, the editing work that you've done. Reach out to us. We want to talk to you. You can visit our website, thebigrhetoricalpodcast.weebly.com. We have different pages, promotions, emerging scholars series, and then just a basic contact form. Luckily, the contact form is on all those pages, so you just pick the page that works for you and click submit. Now, the CFP for Brianna and Phil's conference, How to Do Things with Worlds, is super interesting. Now, I got to say, I had to put on my interdisciplinary hat for this conversation, which was actually a little bit easier than I anticipated coming out of that interdisciplinary comp exam. But I want to give you some information about this conference before we jump into our chat with Phil and Brianna. They chose a couple of quotes, one from Maria Lugonis and then W.H. Alden to frame this um, conference, this interdisciplinary conference. Uh, I think it's really fascinating. And then the way that they divide up their topics for potential investigation, right, for this conference, they do so playing upon the title. So they, they have the how, they have the to do, they have things, they have with, abstract, and then they have worlds. Quickly, I think it's important to know that this conference invites scholarly, individual scholarly papers and creative works, 15-minute presentation or so, panels organized around a thematic topic, three 20-minute papers or four 15-minute papers. So you have some options there. I'll make sure that you get the contact information for submitting your proposals but I want to mention that you'll be sending your submission to iugradconference at gmail.com. I'll give more information on that later in the podcast. Okay, quickly, uh, I try to keep 
Well, I say that, but I do, I mean, if I talk to somebody from Alabama, I'm going to talk to them about Alabama. But I try to keep it, uh, you know, about my work and about your work. But I do want to quickly give a shout out to my baby sister, who's getting married this weekend to the man of her dreams. Shoot, he's the man of my family's dreams. He's an amazing guy. So, congratulations, Mary Michael. Congratulations, Griff. Me and my wife are hitting the road, and we'll see y'all soon. All right. Now, let's hear from Phil and Brianna about their conference, How to Do Things with Worlds. I hope you enjoy. Who are you, and what's your institutional affiliation and your title? And your role with the event about what you're being interviewed. And the, and, and the name of the event, event is, oh, shoot, uh, where's your CFP? Could you say it, actually? Yeah, sure the, enough. Okay. Yeah. Um, so we are the co-organizers for the How to Do Things with Worlds, uh, the English department at Indiana University Bloomington's uh, our annual graduate student conference. Uh, I'm Phil Chung. I'm a grad student in the English department and a Ph.D. candidate uh, specializing in rhetoric. Uh, and I'm Brianna Best. I'm a PhD student at uh, Indiana University Bloomington in the English department. Um, and I work on uh, late 20th, early 21st century literature. Um, yeah, and we're co-chairs of this whole conference thing. <laughs> yeah, very cool. Let me go ahead. I want to say the name of your conference so everyone hears it. I know that Phil just said it. How to Do <laughs> Things with Worlds. That's uh, the 18th annual interdisciplinary conference there from the Department of English at Indiana University. 18, 18th annual. You guys have been doing this for a pretty long time. Yes. At least your department has. Uh, it's coming up on April 10th and 11th uh, in 2020, next at spring. So, Phil and Brianna, I, I, I looked over your CV, uh, CFP, not CV, your CFP, and you start with a couple of quotes. But in your CFP, you begin with, Quote, now is a good time to think upon the state of our worlds. Now is also a good time to act upon the state of our worlds. What or how do you define the exigencies for this conference? And, and, and what might scholars who wish to take part in your conference identify as exigencies for their work? Yeah, well, um, so as you read through the CFP, we go on a little bit further, just after the part that you quoted, we talk mm -hmm. about a few different things that were on our minds as we were writing this, lots of uh, different uh, current events, political events that are happening right now, uh, that all seem to very much get at the question of, uh, what is this world that we're living in? Who's it for? How do we share it with each other in just and equitable ways? Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, any number of things, uh, climate disaster, um, politics these days, uh, all of these things are very much on our minds. But then I think we were also thinking very much at the level of sort of our academic worlds too, uh, grad school and the, the university. Um, how do we share those worlds um, with each other and how do we do something with them? Yeah. And I think, you know, the, the way we got to this um, was at the you know end of last year sometime, we asked our department for suggestions on what they would want to see at the conference. And we got, a lot of overlap. We had we got a lot of eco criticism. Um, we had some animal studies. We just had a lot of like politically bent things or worldly things. Um, 
And then it was actually Phil who apparently has been trying to name something, how to do things with worlds for a very long time, right? Oh, mm-hmm. uh, okay. <laughs> and I remember um, just hearing him say that and thinking, saying that and thinking that, you know, that kind of encapsulated everything everyone wanted to see. Um, and something, it also encapsulated something about my own work that I've been wondering, which is, you know, I spend a lot of time in a room reading or writing and I've always been thinking about how that writing actually does anything, especially, you know, in a world that, you know, seems to be continuously on the brink of disaster. Um, you know, there's something new every day. And so I was thinking, you know, how do I do something, you know, even if they're small things, right, with the work that I'm doing. And so I think that the title really sort of brings all of those things together under the question of, you know, what are we doing here um, and who are we doing it with and how do we actually make an impact, right? So, Yeah, I think Brianna gets at a really good point that there's something very personal about this conference and this theme for both of us. Um, she mentioned that this is a title that I've been uh, <laughs> sort of workshopping and using in different places at different points. I'm happy to talk about other <laughs> projects that I've tried to apply this to in the past, uh, but still like, you know, sort of the perfect one uh, for it. Um, you know, the the doing things part of the title. Uh, one piece of scholarship that stuck with me for quite a long, long time is um, Sedgwick's piece on paranoid and reparative reading, uh, and especially in the opening sections where she talks about uh, what does knowledge do? What can we do with knowledge? Um, what is the what are the things that we're able to accomplish through our knowing? Um, and that's a piece that stuck with me throughout my grad school career. And so, um, yeah, I think that these questions that we're posing in the CFP, the things that we're interested in getting at, these are things that are uh, on our own minds. But like also Brianna said, something that we're hoping is responsive to, you know, sort of what's in the water generally that we think grad students are are interested in talking about right now. All right. So I appreciate the that this is something that's been in the works for a while with you, Phil. Uh, and we're going to talk a little bit more about that, hopefully, as this interview keeps going. But I want to go back to the CFP for a moment. You write there, we envision this conference taking the pun on J.L. Austin's how to do things with words seriously in order to think, on the other hand, about the performativity of world making and on the other, its interplay with world making. And I think I misspoke there. Performativity of word making and on the other, its interplay with world making. That is, how language constructs the worlds we inhabit and its uses and limitations and spurring action or bringing about new possible worlds. So I have kind of a two-part question. Uh, why was this pun chosen and what might participants expect to see from an interdisciplinary perspective at your conference? Perhaps we might start with the first part. Why did you choose this pun from J.L. Austin? Or why did you choose this quote from J.L. Austin? Yeah, so like we mentioned, uh, this is a title I've been working through for a long time, and it actually originates in my uh, first year of grad studies here at IU. Uh, I was taking a course on uh, pedagogy, uh, uh, the teaching of stories, uh, okay. with Professor Schilb, and uh, the final project for that class was to um, pitch a syllabus that you might envision teaching, something that involved uh, short stories and theory uh, and literature in some way. And so one of the things that we were reading through the semester was Austin's How to Do Things with Words. Uh-huh. Uh, it was something I'd been encountering in a couple other places as well. 
Um, and so that was something that I wanted to kind of build a literature course around. Uh, and the other component of it, then, I was reading a lot of uh, science fiction short stories at the time. So I thought bringing those two things together uh, felt just very nice and wonderful, how science fiction constructs worlds uh, that we try to move towards and inhabit. Um, and so that uh, one of the places that I've actually tried to use that title previously was for that project, but then also when I had the chance to actually uh, try to teach that course, um, I ended up changing the title for the course to Close Encounters of the Rhetorical Kind. Uh, but it was ah. still similarly getting at uh, questions of, yeah, how does um, science fiction work rhetorically and how does rhetoric work science fictionally? Um, so I, I thought the pun worked kind of along those lines. Oh, that's fascinating. I love it. I love that idea. And I, I want to see that movie. <laughs> um, <laughs> The second part of my question is, is is about the interdisciplinary nature of the conference, which is something that's extremely exciting for me as someone who does like to to do a little work that's interdisciplinary in nature. And I'm I'm in an English studies program, so that's something that we get a little bit of. Um, so so what might participants expect to see from from an from at your conference from an interdisciplinary perspective? Well, we envision having uh, panels that are your normal sort of four, three to four or five person panels. But we also, you know, I was at a conference recently. It was the Society for Novel Studies, I believe is the mm-hmm. name. Um, okay. And they did some really interesting things with the format of the conference. So they had panels as well, but they also had novel based seminars and they had keyword seminars. And for the novel based seminar, you would read something, a novel, whatever you registered for in advance of the conference. And then um, you would all get together in a room and sort of parse it together. And maybe one person in the room had this sort of subfield knowledge of where that novel sat in the canon. And then the other, the keyword seminars, they would invite maybe five people to give a lightning talk on interiority, how they see it, how it works in their research. Mm. And then there would be a discussion period. Um, and as a young scholar, I found it really sort of invigorating to mm-hmm. have places like that where everyone was sort of the playing field was leveled. And of course, the stakes aren't quite as high at a graduate conference or the gaps between scholars aren't that wide. But, you know, sitting in a room with people whose work I had read in undergrad, right, who had never read this novel that I had also never read and we were talking about it together, uh, created an atmosphere at the conference that I thought was like incredibly collaborative. And so I brought that to Phil and I said, you know, I kind of want to do some of these things. So mm-hmm. some of the things that we are thinking about is doing a sort of seminar on maybe J.L. Austin's How to Do Things with Words and then a seminar on um, maybe one of the books of our keynotes, right? To have those spaces where people are sort of talking about these ideas together, um, not just for that space, but so that those conversations are sort of common conversations we've had as a group at the conference and then can move into panel discussions and make the panel discussions feel just a little bit more, I don't know what the word I'm looking for here is, um, but sort of collaborative or um, a little bit more known as an entity. And then we were also thinking of doing some keyword seminars. Some of these things we haven't quite pinned down quite yet. One of the things I think that is really cool that we're thinking of doing is for accepted students or sorry, not accepted, (laughs) for accepted participants, doing a sort of virtual reading group. 
um, throughout the spring semester leading up to the conference on the keynotes book, perhaps. So those are some of the things that we're thinking of doing to make the conference just seem a little bit less, I don't know, strict. I don't, I don't know what I'm looking for here. But yeah. You want to well, yeah, sure. <laughs> Uh, I mean, I think a lot of the times going to conferences can be extremely intimidating. Yeah, um, right, right. You know, national conferences, certainly when there's like so many people milling around, big name scholars, things like that. But even a grad student conference can sometimes be intimidating if you're going to a place where maybe you don't know as many people, things like that. Uh, so I think Perfect. one of the things that we wanted as the goal for this was to try to bridge those gaps, try to bring mm-hmm. people closer together in the format of it. And then also, uh, you know, recognizing that um, some of our key terms like doing things or worlds, mm-hmm. uh, these can mean so many different things to so many different people. So wanting to make space for us to have conversations uh, in addition to the panel presentations going on. Uh, have conversations about what do we mean by these things? What do they, uh, what does that a world mean for someone in literary studies versus mm-hmm. someone, uh, in communication studies versus someone in maybe anthropology or sociology? Um, so we can talk about some of those differences and think about how do we work through these things, uh, together collectively. I absolutely love this idea and I love the idea behind it. I, lo- I love what's coming out of it, but I love the justification behind it. And for me, as a scholar, one of the things I'm trying to do is is push is, is to not do as many panels and try to do things like workshops and lightning talks. So <laughs> glad that your conference gives scholars a space to do that, right? And I think that that's super important. And, and I'm so 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 often, you know, I I, I think people, our conference organizers, we're pushing back against that, you know, that mm-hmm. static, that old traditional way of panels and things like that. I think you all have found a really interesting way to do that. I'm excited to hear how those turn out. Thank you. Yeah, we're excited yeah. to keep organizing those. Yeah, for sure. So the CFP includes some topic areas to consider, uh, which continue to play on the pun. So let's walk through a couple of these uh, five sections. So uh, maybe uh, I'll mention them and we can hit a couple of bullet points per topic. So Mm -hmm. the first one is how, and that has to do with the attitudes taken, taken towards our doing. Could you talk a little bit about why that was chosen as a topic and how we might see world making as a nexus for, for exploration around it? Yeah. Um, so I mentioned the Sedgwick piece earlier. Right. And right. another thing that sparked for me was very much my interest in uh, sort of the attitudes we take or the, the ethos that our, our scholarship, our critique has. Uh, what force do, uh, does it have? What positions are we coming from in we're, uh, when we're doing our work? So how is a very important word for me in that regard. Yeah. Um, thinking of not just what are we doing, which we'll talk about later on, but mm-hmm. also, yeah, uh, our positionality in relationship to what we do. Uh, and so, yeah, some of the, the things, uh, some of the bullet points underneath that, things like affect studies, for example, I think is really important in thinking about that. Uh, right. But then also something very uh, practical and immediate, like uh, the role of academia in public and civic action. How do we bring our worlds together, uh, the university and and uh, and the civic, uh, things right. that we contend as being very mm-hmm. far apart, but actually are very, uh, very intertwined necessarily. Sure, absolutely. And I love that bullet point specifically. Like, I'm sorry to indulge a moment, but I just love that that bullet point. Brianna, one of the other categories here is to do action that may also involve our being and our knowing. Perhaps you could talk a little bit about why that topic was chosen. Yeah, so I think, right, a world is not possible or perhaps not 
populable, <laughs> um, mm-hmm. not able to be populated without a sense of what it is to be something or what it is to know something. You have to know I have to know a world to live in it or to succeed at living in it. Right. And so I think we want to, we want to think about, you know, we have here like queer, queer worlds making performance studies and performativity, you know, how are the sort of works that we're studying or the things that we're writing about, um, how do they have a material effect on the possibilities of being and knowing in the world Mm. that people who might not, you read the stuff we write, feel on an embodied basis. How are we sort of describing a lived experience or writing into being a lived experience? You know, I was really, I took this class um, last semester where we read um, Calvin Warren's Ontological Terror, which talks wow. about um, the sort of uh, fiction of metaphysics, right? And how metaphysics is built on this sort of, you know, empty abyss, this nothingness that is blackness, right? And um, so that has, that has stuck with me since we read it. And so thinking about, um, the actions that we take that involve being right, but being as a sort of constructed fiction and, and what's under that and what does that encompass? Um, and how does knowing allow that sort of unseen being to be seen? Um, yeah. So, you know, how do we actually work on or with the material forces of life? Or a life that's possible. Yeah, very interesting and I think important topic to consider. Phil, another topic is things, putting our knowing to material use. Could you pre- uh, elaborate a bit about about why how that topic might be shaped out at your conference? Yeah, um, like we said, one of the worlds that we're interested in in exploring with our our conference participants is the world of academia, uh, right. grad school the university and things like that and you know when I was applying to grad school there was sort of uh, one of the things that I was recommended to highlight in my CV and my uh, letter things like that was how do you fit into sort of the the traditional nodes I guess of academia research Mm -hmm. service teaching things like that Um, and so as far as those are the things that often constitute constitute what we're doing uh, as scholars as as participants in the university that's kind of what this category doing, some of the particular things that we're engaged in, both within the university and outside it. So, for example, uh, one of the bullet points under there is social activism and protest. I think very much so uh, in the last few years in particular, something I know that a lot of has been on the mind of a lot of our colleagues is what force does our work have? How, what, in what ways is our teaching or our scholarship a form of activism? Or maybe what are the limits of that as activism as well? Uh, when do we need to take to the streets, not just uh, stay in the library or things like that? Uh, or likewise, with the pedagogy uh, bullet point as well, how is teaching a form of social engagement? Yeah, that was one of the things that I really loved about you all CV. I'm so, I, said, I did that again about you all CFP. Uh, mm-hmm. And that. And that is that you made that connection between social activism as activism and pedagogy clear. I really appreciated that. Brianna, the next topic is with, but also in and sometimes, if necessary, against a cooperative endeavor. Perhaps you could talk a bit about why that topic was chosen. Sort of tension I've seen as a graduate student myself with, on one hand, the idea that, you know, your research is a kind of um solo endeavor like yes of course you're consulting other people you have your committee you talk to people about it but that ultimately you're sort of arguing for an idea that you found um and that 
like the the self and yourself particularly are the is the important part. But then also this sense that I have that all writing and all teaching and all knowledge building is inherently collaborative or social. And so something I've been thinking about is how do how do we make that tension either more visible or how do we unravel it a little bit? You know, I would love to stop thinking of writing as my sort of lone self trying to come up with ideas and always think of it as social, but I don't quite know if there's a space for that yet. And so we've kind of wanted to make that here with like uh, community writing, right? Digital humanities and digital rhetoric, sort of writing in an age that isn't typewriters, right? We have yeah. um, academic Twitter, we have computers, mm-hmm. we have open source research. So all of these things that are going into that, but I think also what is important too is the bullet point of citizenship, which I think, you know, now it's clear to us that that, that is always a sort of oscillation between, you know, with and against, like who is allowed to be a citizen and what are the, yeah. what are the sort of gatekeeping mechanisms that d- define those uh, possibilities. So citizens of writing in the university, but also I think citizens of the world, right? Who yeah. is deemed allowable. <laughs> No, important questions for sure, Brianna, particularly in our current moment. I think that it's important questions that your conference is suited to answer, too. The last topic is worlds, life shared. I wonder if you all might hit a bullet point or two there about that final topic. Yeah, I think this is one where we're very clearly responding to uh, some of the things that are colleagues were hoping for, um, you know, the, the points about environment, eco-criticism, Anthropocene, uh, things like that. Uh, this connects back to the with uh, section as well. You know, we're not just thinking in this anthro-centered sort of way of who are we with, uh, but also thinking about, you know, animal studies, also thinking about the natural world around us. Uh, how do we make something? How do we make worlds out of uh, an environment that um, is not going so well right now? <laughs> yeah. Lightly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. Now that we've talked a bit about the, the topics for exploration, could you could you tell us a little bit about or, or, or briefly describe really your proposal guidelines and submission guidelines? Yeah, so we are um, we're accepting proposals for both individual papers, uh, also uh, panels, and also creative works as well, um, people's um, personal works that they have that they'd like to share. Um, so for individual papers or creative uh, projects, uh, we're imagining these would be 15-minute presentations, and we're asking people to send a 250-word abstract that would detail uh, kind okay. of what that looks like. Uh, on the other hand, if you're if you're thinking of organizing a panel with a couple of friends and colleagues, this can be three or four people, 20 minutes, 15 minutes each or so. Uh, and so a panel, three uh, abstract of 350 words that can talk sort of broadly about what you're uh, going to do, and then briefly from there about what the individual uh, uh, contributions to the panel will be. We want to stress we've we've said like scholarly papers and creative works, but I think both of us want to stress that we are not so concerned, or actually we invite (laughs) with excitement papers or projects that are doing some things that are interesting with genre, right? Like we aren't seeing our panels being like separated by that. Here are four pieces of literary criticism about a shared topic. Um, But we actually want to have sort of creative projects and literature projects and rhetoric projects and, you know, all of these other like 
um, geography studies, media studies, all of that sort of mingling together, like in the room together. So we would also, I think, both want to stress that, you know, if you want to have fun with genre, you have at it. <laughs> yes, I love that. And I know that uh, p- potential conference uh, presenters can submit their uh, abstracts over to you at iugradconference at gmail.com. So I have a question for you. I've spent some time in Indiana. I've been over to Kokomo before, but I wonder what do conference goers have to look forward to in Bloomington? What do we need to do and see while we're in town? Let's see. So the art museum on campus, the Eskenazi Art Museum, that's just going okay. to, they're finishing up remodeling it right now. So it should be opened in time for the conference. Um, I haven't seen it yet, obviously, but yeah. I'm super excited. I love the collection they've got over there. So if you've got some time, just wander over and see um, what they've got. That's one thing that's pretty close to our venue. If you're into movies, the IU Cinema also does a lot of screenings of um you know, movies that aren't playing elsewhere. I once saw um, a screening of uh, the National Theater Live's performance. Ah. Of yeah. Um, and so, that you know, those are very hard to come by. So um, yeah. the IU Cinema does some really interesting things. Like they just screened Black Panther, but they invited the sort of costume designer to. Yeah. Yeah. Academy Award. Yeah. Academy Award winning costume designer. That's right. Yeah. Absolutely. It sounds like you've got some really cool stuff going on right there. Go ahead, Brianna. I was just going to say, and she did a, a Q&A um, with the audience members. So I thought that was something really interesting. Um, yeah. Yeah. Super yeah. Cool. Uh, you should definitely look to eat and drink around town if that's something yeah. that you're into. Um, we've got, yeah, 4th Street right by campus is just chock full of international um, restaurants. We've got okay. uh, Korean food, Thai food, Indian, Burmese, um, whole whole host of different things that you can just sort of wander down and see what smells good. I want to ask one other important question before we, before we wrap up, and, and that's what are some things that you all are doing to make sure that your conference is accessible for all attendees? Yeah. Um, so the space that we've chosen, the um, the Indiana Memorial Union on campus, it's pretty centrally located. Um, okay. It has the conference hotel attached to it. Uh, so we designed that in, with the idea that um, it would be easy for people to go back to their rooms between sessions if they wanted to uh-huh. or whatever else. Uh, we've tried to keep the, the suite of rooms that we're using uh, fairly close together as well. You know, a lot of times uh, if you're at a conference, sometimes you'll be running from one end of the building to the next or uh, across campus or things like that. We wanted to make sure that everything was fairly, fairly centralized so that people uh, could get to and from easily in those ways, I think. Okay, perfect. Great. And then where can listeners and potential conference goers find you online? You have social media, website, and I mentioned the email, but you can mention it again if you want. Um, you can actually visit our website for the conference. It's iugradconf, uh, com. And then, yeah, the email is where you can find us. And I believe that also our personal emails are on the conference website, just in case you have any questions you want to direct to either of us. I mean, social media, you can find me on Twitter. I think my thing is just at Brianna Best with two T's. Uh, yeah, I'll be tweeting about the conference leading up to and over the weekend, too. You can find me at Phil W. Chung, C-H-O-O-N-G, on Twitter as well. Excellent. Excellent. I want to mention the email one more time for some potential submitters. That's iugradconference at gmail.com. 
Phil and Brianna. Is there anything else you want to add before I, I let you off here to go enjoy some nice afternoon in, at Purdue? <laughs> Uh, we are really looking forward to what people do with this conference theme. We spent a lot of time thinking about it, talking about it, what it meant for us. And so we're just so excited to turn it loose into the world and yeah. see what comes back. So we'll be checking our email regularly up until the uh, December 1st deadline. All right. <laughs> All right. Perfect. <laughs> Brianna and Phil, thank you so much for joining me. And uh, we look forward to the conference and talking to you soon. Thanks very much, Thank John. you. Nice to meet you. All right. That was my chat with Phil and Brianna. I hope you enjoyed that. It was great to talk to them. A quick reminder that their CFP deadline is coming up December 1st. And... You can submit your proposals via email if you'll send them to iugradconference at gmail.com. There you'll submit your abstract, both in the body of the email and as an attachment, along with your name, institutional affiliation, degree, email, and phone number. All right, so make sure that you get on that. It's coming up in a couple of weeks is the deadline. Make your way to Bloomington in April. I hear it's going to be nice. All right. Well, I think that about wraps us up for this episode of the Big Rhetorical Podcast. Make sure to visit our website, thebigrhetoricalpodcast.weebly.com. There you can Find links to all of the different promotions and series that we run. Maybe you know someone that would be perfect for our Emerging Scholars series. Or perhaps you have a conference event or even a book coming out soon and you want to talk about it. Reach out to us. We want to talk to you too. Until next time, be kind to one another and always be listening to Twitter.